It's good to have you. We welcome you today. I actually did this. I, um, I think. Um, I was. Uh, I did this for a reason. I. Uh, how many of you know that we should eat healthy? Right. Oh, thank you, sir. And uh, anyway, that's what my doctor told me the other day. And because, um, you know, I have a propensity to eat the wrong thing. And so I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I have a case of the do-betters. And so, I, you know, I, so instead of eating, you know, a lot of, well, so... Let me just be honest. I love. I have a weakness toward fried food. I know none of y'all have this. Y'all none of, none of y'all have this weakness. I have a weakness for fried salty food. And um, and and you know and I, you know obviously, it shows. <laughs> and so. Uh, the doctor, I went to the doctor a couple of weeks ago, for real, seriously, and he, he gave me like a, a whole like booklet on what I should be eating. And I, th- I thanked him. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> I thanked him. <laughs> and uh, because I appreciate that the doctor cares and and it's you know it's it's important i'm not making light of it it's important because especially when you start you know struggling in that area you start you know you there's 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 always the need to to do the right thing you know it's one thing to uh to say well i need a healing it's another thing to to do the right thing get the rest that you need eat the right food and and uh, and so on. So on the list that they gave me, you know, instead of eating fried food and stuff, it suggested, you know, like nuts. And um, and so I haven't bought any potato chips for uh, three weeks since I went to the doctor. It's it's not been it's not been easy. And uh, and so yesterday I was in the store and I picked up some some of these uh, nuts that I've been eating. And uh, I keep them stashed in my office. And um, so I, I, and I look, so I'm, I'm looking at this yesterday, and uh, here's what it says, it, ingredients. Okay, see, this is a bag of Fisher whole natural almonds. Here, you want to know what the ingredients are? And here's the ingredients, almonds. No, seriously, that's it. Now, there is a disclaimer on here. It says, may contain peanuts and or other tree nuts. So if you have a nut allergy, they're saying you shouldn't probably eat this. I'm just wondering if I, you know, I'm hoping I don't have a nut allergy because I've been eating a lot of this. 
But here it is, it's, uh, it's almonds. Now, now, the way that I used to eat almonds was like this. And uh, these are called dreamy clusters. <laughs> Come on, church. I mean, isn't that, I mean, I'm just being honest. This is a moment of transparency. This is how I love, I love nuts. I do. I love almonds. But my favorite way to eat them is wrapped in caramel and chocolate. Y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. I love good, healthy vegetables. But I love to bread them and dip them in hot grease. That's when they get excellent. Is that not true? And all of a sudden that, that thing, that thing that you said, this is really healthy. All of a sudden, not so much anymore. So anyway, let me read to you what's, if I can, because this is really small, this is really small print. Ingredients. Milk chocolate. Everybody go, mmm. <laughs> you had me at milk. <laughs> and it says uh, cocoa butter, non-fat milk, lactose, soy lecithin, flour, polydextrose, malitol, glycerin, um... Words that I can't even pronounce. Processed, isolate, sugar, baking soda, barley mott, canola oil, cartagena, blah, 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 blah. I wish I never would have read that. Now, the, the point that I'm, I'm making is, you know, when... When, when it comes to, when it comes to life, God has made it really simple. And, uh, and, and I believe if you really read God's word and, and the life of Jesus and what Jesus did and how he lived, he lived a very simple life with, with very basic ingredients, you know, and, one of those basic ingredients that Jesus came and brought to us is the subject of faith. And faith really isn't, it's not really all that complicated, but when we take, we take it, we, we try to make it better. And so we add a lot of stuff to it because, because Faith, I mean, you know, faith, ugh. and and so we try to wrap things around it, and in, usually ended up what we do is we take something that starts out really good and really healthy, and we can make it, we can make it unhealthy. Are you with me? And so today I, I want to start a, a series, and and uh, and and we're going to talk about undaunted faith. And I know it's a subject that people go, oh man, haven't we heard, haven't we heard enough about faith? And, and, and I think, I, I think what I, my goal here is really in the subtitle there 
because I want I want to I want to bring an emphasis in this whole thing on the very simple truth is that I believe in miracles. So I'm not going to like spend hours just trying to define faith and and everything, but I think faith is quite simple, and I, I want to show you more of the of the what's the results of faith. What happens when a person has undaunted faith? So if you have a you have the insert, you can follow along with me. There's some fill in the blank. If you have a smartphone, we're on the U version and the live event. You should see City Point Church. I, I hope it's there. I didn't check it, but I put it there. And I want to. I want you. You can follow along with me in that. And uh, I've got some verses here that we're going to begin with. And so I want to challenge you in this in this area today. Romans chapter one, verse sixteen and seventeen, is is where we're going to begin and use as our anchor verse as we get going here on undaunted faith. Paul says this, he says, I have complete confidence in the gospel. Thank you. Am I sounding weird? I have complete confidence in the gospel. It is God's power to save all who believe. First the Jews and also the Gentiles. Confidence in the gospel. It is God's power, the gospel, the good news. It is God's power. And its power is to save. The word save there is the Greek word sozo, which means deliverance, salvation, healing, uh, protection, provision. And so the Jews and also the Gentiles, for now listen to this, for the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. The gospel is about how to get connected to God. That's the, how God puts you right is how you get connected to God. Because I'm here to tell you today that your connection with God is the most important connection in your life. Let me say that again. Your connection to God is the most important connection in your life. Many people go after connections. You know, they think there's, you know, they want to get connected to celebrities, connected, you know, to, to people of, uh, of high respect, and they want to be connected to money. They want to be connected, they want to be connected to influence. They want to be connected to, to leaders, and they, they just long and strive and, and go for their connection to get connected to what they call the right people and, and that way they, th- they feel like them being connected to the right people gets them in places that they otherwise wouldn't get. But I want to tell you today that it's your connection with God that gets you in a place where you will never get. It doesn't matter who you know on this earth. If you don't know God, you are behind the eight ball, so to speak. So the, re- the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. Now listen to this. It is through faith from beginning to end. It's through faith. The connection is, is based on faith. The beginning, the end. Everything in between. 
It's all about faith. Faith is that connection. Faith, it is through faith from beginning to end. As the scripture says, the person who is put right with God shall, through faith, shall live. This was the verse that that sparked Martin Luther. And I've been saying this, I'm going to keep saying it. This is the 500th anniversary year when Martin Luther read and saw what the truth of justification by faith and brought the Protestant Reformation 500 years ago. It was in 1517 that the Christian world was rocked because until then, it wasn't faith, it was works. It's what you did. It's what, it's what you performed. It's how you brought and what you brought that made you justified with God. It's how a priest proclaimed it to you and how a priest opened and closed the door. And Martin Luther saw that, that the, the way to get right with God from beginning to end is about faith. It's about faith in God. It's faith in God is, is the central core message of the gospel. And so with that in mind, go to Hebrews eleven six. Notice what it says. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what faith does is faith connects you to God and faith is what causes you to go after God. And God has dealt to every man, the Bible says, the measure of faith. So God puts faith in you to go after him. And then God, in his goodness, and this is just how good God is, is God puts this desire in you to go after him. And then he rewards you for going after him. Man, that's a good God. That's a good, good father right there. And so the the father, he, he, he says, you know, here is what the writer of Hebrews said. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you give, how big it is and how much it is. If it's not wrapped up in faith, it, it can't please God. So you've got to be a person of faith. Faith is, is, is how the beginning and the end in Romans. Here, faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he much, that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. How many of you know God rewards people because of their faith? Now, are you ready? Everybody everybody, go like this and strap in. Ready? Put your seatbelt on. Put your trays and tables in the upright and locked position. You with me? What is faith? What is faith? It's a very simple thing. It's a, it's it's got it's it's a very simple aspect of 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 life. What is faith? I want to give you I want to give you the face of faith. Does anybody, anybody know who this is? You see, what is faith? Faith without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Many times we want to define faith and we want to like go into all of this stuff. I want to give you the face of faith as it reflects in people. 
Because I believe it's, it's in that that you will be inspired and you will be challenged no matter what it is in your struggles and in your life. Because listen to me, faith always has a face. Faith always has a face. Somebody, faith isn't just some ooh, you know, ethereal thing. It's a, it's a, it's a person who's being moved by God because they believe and have confidence in what God has said. Now, if you look at Dina, I want you to, where is Dina? I, I, wave your hand. There, there she is. Hard to see you all the way back here with, these lights shined in your eyes. Everybody stand. stand. Or you stand, Dina. Not everybody. Stand up. Yeah. That's Dina. Thank you. I, I've known Dina for a long time. And um, most of the time that I have known Dina, Dina was single. She had been married to a, a man and... Um, his name was Randy. And uh and we we she was she was married to Randy and they were married very young and they went through some very difficult challenges. If you know Randy, you know I'm not being I'm not bad mouthing Randy. I love Randy. Randy's been a rascal. Yeah. Dina, should, you should have shouted out amen, Pastor Mike, right there. Randy was a, a man with no purpose, no direction. No self-control, no, no ability to govern his own life. It got him in trouble. He couldn't, he couldn't manage money. He couldn't manage his own desires and he got he got addicted to drugs, carried a, 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 a over two decade addiction to drugs. One day they divorced. Now I, there's a particular aspect of this I want to bring out this morning because what happened is they were they were divorced for 22 years. And in that time that, that, uh, God was ministering to Dina. Dina was coming to the house of God, being challenged in her faith. Randy was on the run from God. It even ended up doing a stint in prison. He, he tells this story. This is, not, this is no revelation. Again, I'm only telling it because this is a highlight and a frame of what God can do. But they were separated, and then God, had, in, in in His heart, He was He was growing Dina's faith, and her faith was that to be content. And in the contentment, she's like, Lord, if it's meant to be, I I I, I could be single for the rest of my life. But then. She says by her testimony, I started watching, I started watching and seeing how God could put things back together. 
in 2010, we had an evangelist here by the name of Mario Murillo, who's coming back, by the way. And um, Mario had, had given a word to Dina in that 2010 meeting, and that, that in seven days, everything is going to change. Didn't explain a lot, it didn't, it really didn't know what to take of that, but she just received that, tucked that away in her heart. Because many times, how many of you know God works when you don't see it? How many of you know God is at work when you can't tell it? How many of you know God is doing things even when you're not? How many of you know that God is able even when you've come to the end of your way? How many of you know that even though it looks on the surface like it's no hope, that God is the God of all hope? And when God starts inspiring you, he starts dropping. She's watching movies and seeing couples come back together. She watches a television show on TBN back then. And Gavin McLeod, how many remember Gavin McLeod who played this, the captain? on the love boat hallelujah thank god for the love boat some of y'all have to go back and youtube some of those episodes and 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 it's the love boat hallelujah and and so she watches gavin mcleod is on tbn with his wife gavin mcleod was a hollywood actor who was a heathen who had acted out for sure and he, him and his wife had divorced. And she comes to know Jesus. And she starts believing God for his salvation. You see, because faith gets a hold of God's promises. Faith is something that will cause you to go after God. And she starts going after God. God inspires her to put a plate out for her husband. Even though they're divorced and separated. It looks like there's no hope. And she starts cooking meals and puts a plate out for her husband. Uh, Dina's watching this on TBN. And God inspires her. Maybe you and Jenna should put out a plate for Randy. It's, there's been not much hope here. But what would it hurt to put your faith out there and start setting up? And so Dina started cooking dinner. And every dinner she would set a plate out. You see, what is that, Pastor Mike? That's faith. That's giving God an opportunity to get involved in your circumstance, in your situation. I know you can't make things happen, but you have to do some things to make room for something to happen. And that's what faith is all about. It's not telling God what to do. It's just giving God an opportunity to say, God, I sure would like you to do something here. And so I'm setting a place by faith. And she set that place. And in 2011, November 12, 2011, we stood right here and I remarried them after 22 years of them being apart. Glory to God. Why? Because a woman had faith to believe that God could intercept everything that the enemy had done to destroy them. She could have given up, moved on, went on, but she said, I'm believing God for a miracle. I said all of that on one breath. Talk about a miracle. There's that rascal right there. Now Randy and Dina go to Porter County Jail. They share the gospel. 
they share a message. Now, Randy, when Randy came back to the Lord, he was using drugs right up until that time. And then God delivered him and set him free. Why? Because of faith. God wouldn't let him stay there. God wouldn't let him go there. And God delivered him and God set him free. Now he goes back to jail and tells men and women how to walk out of their circumstances. He took a class by Dave Ramsey called Financial peace and now he knows how to handle money if you want to borrow money see randy right there because he's the man you should go to because god showed him how to handle things and put things in order is he perfect no but faith has made a difference faith is putting things back together faith is how you line up and get right with god and when you get right with god things start getting right with you shout amen somebody There's a lot more to that story. I love that story. I love the the part I got to play in it. I just got to watch a a 22-year divorce get healed and restored by God. I love those stories. I love being a part of that. I love the faith that it took to see that happen. We have a whole church full of stories. We have a whole church full of people who've, had, who've come against some difficult, impossible, what you would call uh, hopeless situations. Come on. You may be sitting here today and you may be saying, you know, I, I, I'm in one of those situations. I, I, I don't know. But here, let, let me give you this. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Come on, church. I'm here, I'm here to prod around your faith because many of you have accepted some things like, well, this is just the way it is. Hallelujah. You're starting to sing like Doris Day. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. I'm here to tell you faith won't let it be. Your faith just won't accept anything that comes along. Your faith will say God can step in here and make a difference and it gives me confidence that what I hope for can happen. Hallelujah. What I'm believing for, the miracle in my children, The miracle in my marriage, the miracle in my finances, the miracle in my city, the miracle in my church. It can happen because I have confidence in God, the one who makes all things happen. Faith is the confidence. How many have ever had your confidence shaken? You live your life and all of a sudden things come along here's another person with a face this is Gwen Gwen stand up so everybody can see you April 10th 2015 Gwen was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. It was spread to her liver and lymph nodes. The battle of her life was on. Hello. By the loving, miraculous hand of God, He helped sustain her through 18 rounds of chemotherapy. And every day or every time they would go for a test, they, they lived and died by the markers. 
if you've been involved in cancer, you know, I'm not going to explain all that, but that's, that's what you get when you go for tests and you go through chemo and then they test and they find out where your markers are and if you're in remission or if there's the presence of cancer in your body. In the fall of, of that year, Gwen and Jim were sitting in this service and, I, and, and not in, in, a service, in a Sunday morning service. I was preaching a message about letting go of the things that you've been dragging around your whole life. It was a message called crossing over. It was the Sunday morning we took stones. We took 12 stones and stacked them on the altar. And we represented as we were leaving behind our wilderness. We were walking out of our wilderness experience. And we were believing God for the promises of the promised land. And we stacked 12. How many of you were here and remember that message? When told me, she said, that was the first time. As you were, began to preach and I realized I had some baggage in my life. She said, it was the first time I ever heard the voice of God. And you know what God told her? I'm going to heal you. Yeah. Cancer came and tried to take everything she loved. It took, tried to take her zest or zeal for life. This is the real Gwen right here. Yeah. I went and saw Gwen. I went to one of these roller things. Yeah. Um, Derby, whatever you call these things. I mean, what what are they, what's your nickname? Arma Gwendolyn. <laughs> I love it. See, now she's skating against all probability. Stage four. The doctors are very guarded. The doctors, you know, if you know if you dealt with this and walked through this, the doctors are very careful. They've they, they, they do everything they can. Thank God for doctors. I am, I am not against doctors. I think they're God's agents that bring a lot of help and a lot of comfort and a lot of relief. And as a church, we should, we should stop being anti-doctor. Amen. But there's only certain things that doctors can do. God spoke to her and said... That, 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 that I'm healing you. And she said that next day she woke up and things just seemed different and everything began to go in a different flow, in a different direction. And she could see some things that were happening. And then for the first time she went to see the doctor and the doctor for the first time and the things began to say, you know, it looks like there's a possibility, just a possibility that you could actually beat this thing. Isn't it interesting? God says, I'm going to heal you. And now the doctor is corroborating something that God's speaking to your heart. You see, I grab, I would grab a hold of anything and everything that lines itself with my faith you see too many times the struggle with faith is we grab a hold of the negative thing we grab a hold of of the negative report we grab a hold of something that somebody speaks over us and we we embrace it as it is the truth and it doesn't look good and it's not looking good but but faith is the ability to have confidence in what god says
He went to the doctor here recently in the middle of all of this. And the, and the report is complete remission. Hallelujah. Why? Because faith has a face. And when God begins to speak to you, you have to get a hold of it. Because you, uh, what, who are you going to believe? Whose report shall you believe? A couple weeks ago, this is Sandra Hill. Is Sandra here? Let me see her. Sandra came up to me two Sundays ago, and she said, Pastor Mike, it's been over a year. I said, it's, it's been over a year. She goes, yeah. When Sandra found her way to City Point, came in, she'd been having seizures for years, multiple seizures the, on all kinds of medication, all kinds of, thank God, again, I'm not preaching against medication. If you're on medication, God, God, God doesn't need you to do something stupid to heal you. But what he does need, he just needs your faith. And so she... God was moving here in a service and she came forward and she received prayer from the elders. And the word of God was released over her for healing and deliverance. And it's been over a year, I think, I think she said a year, almost a year and six months since she's had a seizure. <laughs> Glory to God, you see, because she believed, she believed on this occasion Maybe God could touch me. See, all God, God is not looking for great faith. You don't have to have, you don't have to have this huge, you know, superhero kind of faith. All you need is a little, like a, a seed, a mustard seed size. God can do much. He can do so much with just a little. All he's looking for is an opening. Are you with me? There's a face of a miracle. I'm going to show you another handsome face. That's a miracle right there. That's a face of a miracle. John started doing drugs when he was 16 years old. By the time he was 22, he says he had abused 26 different kinds of drugs. Blackouts, arrests, burglary, arson. He went to jail for 15 months. He, did, he had done so much damage in his family and stuff, but his family wouldn't let him go. His family, his mother, his grandmother, you know, Beth and Marie and his uncle Tom and people would not let him go. Yeah, that, that he had done enough to, to tick them all off, but, but there was something that they said, we, we've got to believe God and they went after God. While he was in jail and went to seeking God and praying. And, and John had an encounter with a living Savior who changed his life and, and delivered him from this addiction and this, this, this 
self-destructive behavior and brought salvation to his life and gave him a hope and a reason to get out of the rut. And now he's one of the greatest young leaders I personally know. Why? Because God is in the business of taking you from here to there. But you've got to give him something to work with. All you have to do is believe for a miracle. All you have to do is say, I believe God can do it different. If I can just get to Jesus, he can touch me. That's a face of a miracle. A life that transformed, completely turned around because of God's power. You're sitting here today, many of you are looking at your circumstances, your situations. You're wondering, what's the face for my miracle? What is the face for my miracle? You are. I'm here to challenge you today. I'm here to to give you some some really quick things. I'm going to go over this really quick. Listen to this. It's in It says, for since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people. I I actually think this is Ephesians 1. So don't get, don't say, well, he's, he's misquoting the Bible. This is the Bible. It's just, it's Ephesians 1. You with me? Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. Now notice, he says, I, I, Paul's talking to the Romans. I've, I've heard of your faith. Why? Because faith has a face. Faith has a face. It was a people. I, I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. You should underline that insight. Spiritual wisdom and insight. So that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray That your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. See church, I'm here today to try to wake up your hope. The enemy, listen to me, any area you have a sense of hopelessness about, it means you're under spiritual attack. Any area that you have a sense of hopelessness about, the devil is trying to undermine and undercut and work against your faith because it's hard to have faith in what you cannot have hope for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Are you with me? And so the way the enemy keeps you from having faith is he comes against your hope. And you get overwhelming sense of hopelessness. Which is your call to wake up and say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. So that I can see. 
Because that's what real faith is. It's the ability to see what only God can see. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. Oh, Holy Spirit, right now. Holy Spirit, right now, flood this place with light. Flood hearts with light right now. See, I, I sense the anointing of God here today. I didn't just read those stories to you to kind of, just to try to give you like a, 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 a you know, some kind of a, a applause or, or, or a reason to get happy about. It's, a, it's an injection of hope for you. Some of you watching that and then your thought is, well, maybe God could do that for me. It's a hope injection. It's an in ability for God to get involved in you. And what God's trying to do is show you that you can, you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. You see, you belong to God. Somebody listen to me. Listen, this is so important for somebody right now. God has written in his word all kinds of promises. But until you grab a hold of them for yourself, they mean nothing. In other words, you have to pull God's promise out of, out of, the, out of the space and you have to bring it to yourself. And that's what faith really is. What happens when you see with eyes of faith? I'm going to go over these really quick because this is important. What happens when you see with eyes of faith? Number one, it shrinks your problems. When your faith gets quickened by God, your problems get smaller and God gets bigger. The problem with unbelief is that your unbelief makes God small and your problems big. Ooh, it got quiet there. You see, remember in Numbers 13 and 14, I know a lot of you don't spend much time in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Numbers, and it's not, you know, but there's some really good stuff in Numbers 13 14. I really recommend you get it out today and read it. It's about when Israel was going into the promised land and God calls out the spies. And he says, he says to Moses, send out the spies and let them go spy out the land. It was, a, it was an expedition to get, to get a report back. And God had already promised them the land. He just wanted to come back and, and be able to see that with their eyes of faith that God was true to what he had said, that surely this is the land that flows with milk and honey. When they sent the 12 spies out, Moses, uh, Moses sent Joshua, Caleb, and 10 other names that you'll never remember or know because... Because you're never going to remember the negative nillies in your life. Joshua and Caleb come back with the twelve, other 12, the other 10, the 12 total. And they go, man, this land is really great. This land flows with milk and honey. God has given it to us. Let's go take it. Amen. But 10 stood up and they said, well, yes, you know, yes, it truly is a really good land. Truly, God is true. He said it as the land flows with milk and honey. And surely we saw it. We saw land flows with milk and honey. But here's what their unbelief said. But I always get nervous when somebody says the word but. Because it's always what comes after the but that defines what you really believe. 
And so they said, but there are giants in the land. And here's what I love. This verse is, I, I, this verse just feeds me. I feed on this all the time because I, I have dealt with this complex. How many have ever dealt with the grasshopper complex? Yeah, the 33rd verse says, and so there are giants in the land and we can't take it because we're grasshoppers in their sight and so are we. You know why? Because as your faith is, so be it. And if you see yourself as a grasshopper, guess how everybody else is going to see you? If you see yourself as unworthy, if you see yourself through the negative lens of negative profession and negative unbelief, and, 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 and unbelief, is that's a double negative, isn't it? Negative unbelief. That's a negative negative. <laughs> but you see, Joshua and Caleb said, no, no, no. And, and, and of course, the, t- the ten convinced the whole, the whole group. To withdraw, and then they started whining and complaining and said, Oh God, it'd been better for us to die in Egypt than to come out here and die in this old wilderness. Why, why were, why, notice how their negativity took them to places. I don't know about you, but see, we're on, there's a group of us here that are on a negativity fast. Some of y'all may not be having like the most fun. I'm trying not, I'm trying to say this in not a negative way. Because you know what happens when you start focusing in on all the negativity in your life? You get blown away and you go, wow, I didn't realize I was so negative. I sent out an an email uh, yesterday and the title of the email was, who do you think you are? Amy texted me, she said, am I in trouble? Because she just saw that. Who do you think you are? Isn't it funny how your mind jumps to things? That, I'm, not, I'm not talking just about her. I'm talking about all y'all. Some, all somebody has to do is ignore you sometimes and automatically your mind's running to the extreme. That person don't, that person's mad at me. What did I do to that person? Hello? Because, because your faith either does, it either makes God big or your unbelief makes your problem big. And so faith shrinks your problems. It puts it in right perspective. That's why Paul said, I pray that their eyes would be open. Genesis 18, 14 says, is anything too hard for the Lord? I, I, I think the church needs to answer that question. Let me ask you something, church. Is it too hard for God to change your world? Is it too hard for God to change your marriage? Is it too hard for God to change your family? Is it too hard for God to change your financial situation? Is it too hard for God to change your world and change your nation? There's nothing too hard for God. Yeah, but God, you don't know what I'm up against. 
I think he does. And I think he's looking for you to say, Luke 137, nothing is impossible with God. What's, what's impossible with God? What is it? Nothing. Nothing is impossible. How quickly do we, we let our faith get daunted? Daunted. We get discouraged. We give up. That's what daunted means. We get easily discouraged. But undaunting faith is not easily discouraged. Faith shrinks your problems and makes God big in your world. Let me go quickly. Number two, it opens the door for miracles. You see, I know that God is a filler, not a forcer. Let me say that again. God is a filler, not a forcer. God never forces his way into anything, but he will fill anything that you make room for. That's a powerful word right there. I'm preaching much better than y'all are amening. God is a filler, so what you have to do is you have to make room for God. You have to make room for miracles. You have to give God something to work with. You, I, I know people say, well, Pastor Mike, I'm not into all that name it, claim it. I, I'm not into it either. I, I, I'm not telling you that you can just have whatever you say, but I am going to say this. You'll never have anything until you say it. But if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart. I'm not saying you can just say anything and you'll get anything, but I'm saying that you've got to say something to get something. There's an important distinction there. See, we backed off this whole faith message because people got a little crazy with it. And then the devils run roughshod over many people and, 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 and because we're afraid now, am I, am, I, am I in error here because I don't want to be one of those name it, claim it, blab it, grab it people, but here we go. Now we're faithless. Where are we believing God? Folks, we need to put our faith in the areas of impossibilities. Are you with me? We need to move right into those gaps and those voids and have faith in God. And then we can say to this mountain, here's what Jesus said. If you have just the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, tell this mountain, get up, get out of my way. And whatever you ask for in prayer will be yours if you only have the faith. Mark 11, you you can read it. I, I I didn't want to. Put it all in there. But, but see, you see what I'm saying? You have to have faith. You have to have faith. You have to open the door. Number three. Faith moves God to act on my behalf. Matthew 9.29 says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. According to your faith. You, you see, I'm not saying that we can make God do anything. But I'm saying that by your faith, you invest. Invite God to act on your behalf. The woman who was taken with the issue of blood, she said this. She said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. What happened? 
when she reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, he stopped and he said, who touched me? His disciples said, there's thousands of people thronging you. How would, and why would you say, who touched me? Because she had faith and her faith put a demand on the power and the anointing of God. And Jesus recognized that virtue went out of his body. I'm telling you, when a church realizes that it's a powerful place where faith can move mountains, where faith can open on open locked doors, where faith can blow away sickness, where faith can destroy drug addictions, where faith can heal, open blind eyes, set the captive free. That's what the church is sitting on. And it's time we rose up and said, God, I need you to act on our behalf. According to your faith, this is see this you get to determine how much God's active in your world. Whew. You get to decide how active God is in your world. If He's not active enough, then get your faith out there. Get your faith out there. Stop making your problem big. Start exalting God. Oh, God, you're the Lord of the heavens and the universe. My problems are nothing, Lord. There's nothing too hard for you. Lord, I thank you that in your presence, every, every demon in hell has to bow its knee. Every power of darkness has to bend in the light. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're acting on my behalf, that you promised. You Listen, listen to me. Listen. God wants to act on your behalf. This leads right here to number four. Faith unlocks God's promises. Do you know that there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible? Hello? 1 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, how many has he made? Over 7,000. But they're all yes. Everybody say yes. For some people, though, their, their idea and their concept of God is that God's, God's holding back, that God has said no to me. Are you with me? And Paul's dealing with this, and he's talking to the church, and he says, church, listen to me. All of God's promises are not yes and no. You know, it's not, yeah, maybe, well, maybe not. You know, well, this, you know, this is for this one, but not for that one. Notice what Paul says. All of God's promises are yes and amen. The word amen means so be it. That's why we, you know, when we pray, you know what we pray? We say in Jesus' name, so be it. In Jesus' name, I know we've, we've just made it a religious term. You know, we pray, when we pray, we go, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, he who eats the fastest gets the most. Amen. <laughs> we, just, we just make things religious, you know. But, but, but it's not religious to God. It's, 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 it's faith. God, I thank you. That today you're going to show up in my world in a big way. 
God, I thank you that your power is at work in my life. And God, that you're moving every mountain that stands in my way. In Jesus' name, so be it. All of God's promises are... Y'all ain't saying it like you mean it. You see, this is the problem because our faith, if, it, if, it, if, it's, if it's held back, we're, we're, we're not... Well, maybe, But maybe that does... But you see, faith says yes, yes, yes. Faith, faith is what's, you know, faith is what brought that, brought that uh, Roman centurion to Jesus because his child was sick and he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, if you could just say the word, my son will be healed. And, 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 and you know, Jesus says, well, I'll come. And he says, no, you don't even have to come. He says, I'm a man of authority. He says, I say to this one, come. And he comes. And I say to this one, go. And he goes. And he says, and I know who you are. And if you just say the word, it'll be done. And Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel as this outsider. Come on. There's coming a day where outsiders are going to grab a hold of this because they're going to grab hold of God's promise when they see it. it is yes and amen. And Jesus said, I've not seen great faith. And so you know what Jesus said? Yes. (laughs) Jesus said, yes. And when the guy got home, by the time he left Jesus to got home, his son was healed. I'm telling you, church, that faith unlocks God's promise that if you'll just speak the word and believe God God opens a door that no man can shut. Man, I just feel that in my spirit today. I feel like somebody's getting a hold of this. Yeah, I feel like somebody's getting a hold of this. I feel like somebody's getting this and saying, yeah, I'm tired. Devil, get out of my way. I'm done with your mess. I'm done with all your shenanigans. Devil, you are done. I'm grabbing a hold of God's promise. And God's promise to me is yes. Well, what did God say? Well, I'm not sure. Yes. God said amen. I'm going to tell you, when God says amen, so be it. Praise God. You know... Let me go on. Let me close. Faith turns God-given dreams into reality. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now glory be to God, who by His mighty power at work within us is able to do more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of. In the King James, it says more than we can think. Your thoughts, your dreams. Faith is what turns God-given dreams into reality. Now glory be to God, who by His mighty power at work within us. God, You're at work in us today. I come against the lies that the enemy has told people sitting right here today. 
that you're weak and that you're inept and you're never going to have it. You're never going to walk in this. I'm telling you today, God says his mighty power is at work within you. There's some of you that have great gifts of God hidden on the inside of you. I call those gifts out in the name of Jesus. That it's time for you to rise up into your calling. It's time for you to rise up into the faith that God has set you apart for. It's time you stop listening to the lies and quit saying, I'm a nobody and I'm a nothing. Because you're talking about what God has created and what God has deposited on the inside of you. Stop saying it's nothing and it's nobody. You are a child of God and God has called you out of darkness into his light. And it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. God's power is for you to rise up and see it work in and through your life so you can lay hands on the sick. So you can call dead people back to life again. So you can see the difference that God makes for somebody who believes in Him. Hallelujah! Woo, I'm about to preach myself happy here. See, I've got dreams and you've got dreams. And the devil's done a really good job of trying to squash our dreams. He's tried to step all over them. He's tried to mess them up. He's tried to cause you to quit hoping. You know what? Proverbs says, hope deferred makes a heart sick. Some of you had so much heartbreak. You say, it's better for me not to put my faith out there just to get it dashed again. Hello. Woo. Devil, I'm coming after you. Because I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't put a hope in you to dash it. He puts a dream, a God-given dream in you to bring it to pass. And it's time for you to, it's time for you to speak your faith and not your fear. It's time for you to start dreaming with God again. Remember when you used to just dream with God? How God would just fill you with all kinds of hopes and dreams and visions. And, and then you got your heart broke and the devil said, stop that. Because all that's going to do is break your heart. God turns your God-given dream. Faith turns your God-given dreams into reality. Say amen. I mean, that's such a powerful word. Beyond your highest prayers, your desires, your thoughts, or your hopes. One more, and I quit. Faith gives you the power to hold on. Wow, this is really good right here. Let's read it. We're pressed on every side by troubles. Is that a, is that a negative confession? No, that's just a reality. How many of you how many of you feel pressure in your life? Not all that pressure is, is wrong. How many of you know God sometimes presses us? Hello? Discernment's the ability to know when God's pressing you into something. How many of you know some of us we have to be pressed to move? How many of you sleep with somebody who sometimes it's just hard to wake them up? Don't raise your hand. I'm out. I'm out. It's a rhetorical question. 
and sometimes you go, hey, hey, get up. I, it's funny around our house because here's, here's, here's my wife. My wife has phones. My wife sometimes, she has two phones, sometimes three. All, two of them are work. And when she goes to bed at night, she sets all three with an alarm. And I'm like, why do you do that? Well, because I know when this one goes off, I've got 10 minutes. And when this one goes off, I've got five minutes. And when this one goes off, then I know it's time to get up. How many of y'all? That's how some of y'all are doing God. God is pressing you. God has been calling some of you out for weeks and months. And you're like, well, it's okay. I got five more minutes. But alarm already went off. An alarm already went off. You're waiting for the second alarm. Hello? And all of a sudden that third alarm will go off and all of a sudden she springs out of bed like, woo! No, she doesn't spring. She Actually, she falls out of bed. Because this, this, this girl sleeps. We're pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed. So what God's doing is he's coming along and he's saying, hey, hey, come on, wake up. Come on, I got, I got great plans. I got great purpose. I got great power for you. Wake up. Get up. Get your faith out here. Get up. I've made plea after plea here for I've been in this place here right now. That we're going on, we're going on our sixth year here. Can you believe that? And I, I've made plea after plea after plea. And I'm, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna keep making these pleas. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep crying out. I'm gonna keep preaching. You listen to me. That's the only thing I know to do. I'm gonna keep proclaiming it. I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna keep believing it. I'm gonna keep praying it. I'm gonna keep speaking it. I'm gonna keep doing it. And I know the Holy Spirit's nudging people. I'm seeing people come alive. I'm seeing God do things. I'm seeing God answer these prayers. It's not anything like I could have asked or even thought or imagined because God is so much greater. And I'm here to tell you, listen to me church, the church is about to go into a new season. And this is for all those who will just simply believe. We're pressed on every side but not troubled. Or troubled but not crushed and broken. We're perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do. How many of you say, yeah, I don't get it? You don't have to get it. You just have to keep believing. Here's what he says. We don't give up and quit. We're hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and we keep going. I want you to bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, I know I'm talking to some people who've been knocked down. 
Holy Spirit, I know I'm talking to some people who are really troubled and who are in a fight and who are perplexed and who are who have a lot of questions. But faith gives us the ability to keep on going, Lord. I remember early in my days, Lord, in my early struggles, and I remember getting knocked down time and time again. I remember, Lord, going to you and saying, Lord, is it a lack of faith that I keep getting knocked down? You showed me the difference, Lord, that faith and doubt both get knocked down. But faith always gets back up again. That's the difference. So I'm speaking, Lord God, life and resurrection. And I say to people here today who've been knocked down, get up. Get up. Get up. As your faith is, so shall it be to you. If you have faith, just as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, be removed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. So while your heads are bowed, I'm going to make this first that if you if you've not put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus and you're not a follower and have surrendered your life to Christ that today you can take care of that and you can put your faith in Jesus and you can surrender to him and you can walk out of here a new creature because according to the Bible as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God if any man be in Christ he's a new creature old things have passed away and behold all things become new if you need a new life if you need a new identity you need a new beginning then this invitation right here is for you so while, you, while we're just bowed in reverence to God, I'm going to invite you to step out from where you're seated and come join me in the front. Just come right over here to this side right here and say, Pastor Mike, I want you to pray for me because I want to give my life to Christ. Anybody here would say that. I want you to step out right now. Don't be afraid. Don't let your unbelief, don't let your fears dictate what you're going to do today. Let your faith Grab a hold of God's promise and say, today, I'm going to walk in what God has promised me. Would you come and say, that's, that's for me, Pastor Mike. That's what I need. Anyone here today? If you're here today and you are struggling and you need victory in your life, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come down. See, the Bible says, is there any weak among you? Let them call for the elders. Let them call 
for the church and let them pray. And we're going to put our faith with your faith. If you're struggling in your marriage, you're struggling in your life, you're struggling in your walk, you're struggling in your in your ministry, in your in your finances, whatever area you're struggling with, and you want somebody to get in agreement with you because the place of agreement is the place of power, I'm going to invite you to come. I want everybody to stand with me. Right now we're going to close out this part of the service. The worship team's going to sing one more uh, song here for us. While they're singing, I'm inviting you to come. I want you to reverence this front here. If you're going to, if you're, you know, if you don't have prayer, visit out that way in the back. Reverence this altar, reverence this place here, because God is going to do some business with people. People are going to be healed. If you're struggling with sickness, I was sensing while I was ministering today, I could sense the virtue, the healing power of God, that, there, that God is going to... God is going to heal somebody in this house today. If you need healing, I ask you to come. If you need help, I ask you to come. If not, thank you for coming today. I appreciate you so, so very much. And we will be with you this Friday night. We're having a a prayer meeting. And uh, uh, it's our Friday night prayer. And I encourage you to come and join with us. And otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you. If you need prayer, come this way. If not, have a wonderful day. God bless.